Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast Recap. So I'm doing a recap. I kind of just wanted to go out there and kind of just talk about season one of the Everyday Discernment Podcast. And so if you didn't know, it just wrapped up. I had Eric Johnson on. We talked about Mormonism and I ended with 51 episodes. Even my son asked me, why did you do 51 and not 50? And that's just kind of how it worked out. I didn't plan. I actually didn't know how long season one would go. And there was a good stopping point. And so I just ended with 51. So this was such an awesome season. And it's the first season I've done. It's the first podcast I've ever done. And so I thought it would be cool to come on here and just talk from my perspective a little bit and to hear from me. Uh, the host of the podcast, kind of just my thoughts, takeaways, advice for anybody that wants to do a podcast yourself, any of my favorite guests or things that uh, have have been impressed upon me from doing a podcast. So with all that said, this has been such a cool journey, something I never thought I'd do, um, never thought I would get to talk to the people that I've gotten to talk to. And first and foremost, I give all glory for this podcast to God. That's my goal is that this podcast points people to God, not to myself, not to my guests. And even though we are maybe a conduit for, you know, um, content that, you know, whatever I write, whatever I do, I always want it to be pointing to God. And so that's what I hope this podcast has done. And with that said, you know, I have just been blessed and God has blessed me. And so I wanted to kind of go over what some of the recap was, as well as some things that you might not realize about the podcast. So first of all, I had 51 episodes, over 26,000 downloads, which is awesome. Uh, I was on two networks, the Charisma Network and the Edify Network. And the list of guests is just amazing to me. And so here's a few names. So Sean Bowles, Rashawn Copeland, Grayson Bearden, Jody Burkeen, John Groves, Matt Brown, Andrew Carter, Jonathan Rumi, Paul Lewis Cole, Billy Hallowell, Ryan Frederick, Ken, ha- Ken Harrison, Steve Arterburn, Adam Weber, Ken- Kenny Luck, the Benham Brothers, Ben Corson, Chad Hennings, Jason Sautel, Gary Thomas, Larry Hagner, John Eldridge, Ed Rush, Darren Gray, Vladimir Savchuk, Michael Lombardo, Aaron Schust, and a lot more. So, wow, what a cool uh, experience this was to talk to so many awesome people. And uh, yes, all of my guests have been uh, men, and that is something that uh, was not intentional but something that just kind of happened based on the connections I had and based on the books I was reading and based on, uh, you know, I was already online networking with people for about two years, so I made a lot of connections that way. Uh, but it, it wasn't on purpose. Now, granted, my, my overarching ministry is called Discerning Dad, and so a lot of my uh, audience are dads. But uh, so I do have uh, women lined up for uh, future uh, people to come on. So if you know of any any women that would make great guests, let me know. Uh, I have nothing against talking to them, and I would I would like to uh, be able to do that in the future. 
Um, but how this all started, so for those of you that don't know, I've been in ministry for close to three years now. I started blogging. I started by uh, creating a blog called Discerning Dad, uh, which led to a book called Everyday Discernment, which led to uh, version Bible plans, which led to uh, guest blogs, which led to us, uh, you know, being a guest onto podcasts. Once my book launched, I was on multiple podcasts and uh, I really was wrestling with the idea about podcasting because being a podcast host and talking a lot is out of my comfort zone. It's not a part of my personality to talk a lot. If you know me well, I'm usually the quiet one who interjects when I have something I think will add value to the conversation, but I don't just talk for talk's sake. I don't like to hear myself talk and I like to listen to other people and I like to be calculated with my words. And so doing a podcast with that said was intimidating to me. But at the same time, I saw some awesome friends of mine that were podcasting and having success, like Patrick Antonucci from Dad Hackers uh, and a few other people, too. Uh, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll try that. It'd be, be a great way to, uh, you know, promote my book, but also to talk more about discernment, since that's been on my heart as Discerning Dad, Everyday Discernment. And my book really helps Christians make better decisions that honor God. And that's what I wanted to do in this podcast, provide a, a way for you to hear, uh, not just from my perspective, from, uh, from other people as well. And so when I started podcasting, uh, the podcast launched in July of 2020, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. And so it actually was a great time also to provide more content for people that were listening to more things. Uh, I got the microphone as a Christmas present in December of 2019, and I kind of held on to it, thinking that podcasting might be in my future, but I didn't know for sure. And about late spring of 2020, I started to podcast. I created an Anchor account, and I just started recording stuff, not knowing anything about what I was doing. I've recorded about three or four episodes that never got released. And I, I listened to one of them again, and I, th I thought to myself, man, this is terrible. This is nothing that I would want to listen to, let alone someone else. Because it was basically just repurposing the blogs that I wrote. And it was very dry. It was very much just, it felt like I was reading, which a lot of it was reading old blogs or talking about them in a new way. And it didn't make for good audio. So then what I did is I joined something called the Podcast Profit Lab. Uh, and it was a great 30-day program to learn how to podcast, all the ins and outs, a lot of things I, I had no idea about on how to be successful. Jamie Atkinson ran that program. He does he does that now. If you are, So if you are interested in podcasting, let me know. Email me at discerningdataoutlook.com. It's, it's, it's a program I would suggest anybody go through. Yes, you can podcast just without knowing much and just hitting record and literally throwing episodes out there. But this allowed me to launch in a way that made me have influence right away. So I was able to launch with some amazing guests and the way... He, he, he taught us to structure the launch was to have eight amazing guests at launch for short episodes, 10 minute episodes. And so I had an awesome launch lineup for this is granted, this is a brand new podcast. This is somebody where people don't really know me other than uh, my social media influence that I was uh, that I had. And so I had an awesome launch with people like Sean Bowles, Grayson Bearden, who has over 2 million TikTok followers, Rashawn Copeland, who another great influencer online, Jody Burkeen, who also wrote the forward to my book, who, who runs a men's uh, 
Facebook group or men's Facebook page, almost a million men online. Uh, and, and so and, and other other launch guests, too. And so by having an awesome launch and really putting a lot of effort into the launch, I was able to hit the charts, right? There's there's podcast charts out there. And I was able to hit the charts, uh, top rank, top 200, and uh, in certain countries, top 50, top 20. Uh, and so I was able to get that out there and then have that as my, you know, my, my, my ace card, you know, saying I was a top rank podcast, which I was, and I, I kept that up for a bit. And, uh, you know, the way the charts work is that you come and go, you come off them, and then you go back on them based on the episodes that you have and how many downloads you're getting. But this allowed me to really grow the podcast in a different way, making it interview-based and realizing that uh, when I'm talking about discernment, what better way to talk about discernment and hearing God from, than from hearing other people that you might know in ministry and hearing their process for hearing from God to making decisions. And just to ask them, and you, if you've heard the episodes, you know I asked them a time you had godly discernment and then a time you did not have godly discernment because it's not just about our wins, but it's about things that we don't do so well. We all have decisions we make. We wish we could go back and change them, but what can we learn from them? And to hear these these awesome guests of mine come on and tell me stories about how they did not have great discernment was really humbling for for me to hear it and for them to speak it. Right? They didn't try to put on these personas that I have it all figured out. I've never made a mistake. No, not one single guest did that. Said, "Oh, I can't come up with something." Usually it was a laugh under the breath saying, oh, I can't just pick one, right? Because we're all in a process of learning and growing. And so it makes sense to say that, you know, when I do make a mistake, I should learn from it. But there's also people in my life or in my in my sphere of influence that can learn from the mistakes I made so that hopefully they don't make the same mistakes twice. That's one of the reasons that discernment is so important to me is you look at, you know, you look at human history, and you look at the same common themes of mistakes. Just take relational mistakes, for example. People picking the wrong person. People going into relationships wrong for the wrong reasons. And, and getting into destructive relationships that, that end up ruining them and their, their children. I mean, that's just one small example of something that, you know, there are practical ways to go about that to make the best decision and involve God in the decision, for goodness sake. But it comes down to human nature, and I understand that that's not something that we can just listen to a podcast or read a book and all of a sudden make great decisions. It is a process, and I, I say many times that discernment is a spiritual muscle that we have to grow and, and, and learn as we are uh, making those mistakes and, and, and making successful things, too, that we can learn and grow and mature over time. And so with that said, you know, the podcast started to grow. I was able to get into some podcast networks, which was awesome. So I got into the Charisma Podcast Network, which is part of the Charisma Magazine, which has a huge reach, a huge audience of people that read it, listen to the shows. And so being a part of that podcast network allowed me to put the CPN logo on my cover. It allowed me to get some great support, some great training, and it allowed me to write uh, articles in the Charisma website. Uh, and a lot of those were tied to my podcasts. So if there was a theme of a podcast, I, I could write about that. I could write two articles a month for Charisma. Uh, and also I had Billy Hallowell on my podcast. And he's part, he uh, 
manages the Edify Podcast Network, and he was gracious enough to let me join that too. So if you go to the Edify Podcast Network, you'll see me there. If you download the app, which I highly recommend, E-D-I-F-I, uh, there's just great Christian podcasters. And a lot of times when you open up the app, my podcast will be there on the main page, depending on the timing of it. And so that was an awesome blessing to be a part of something like that. Um, and so not only that, but uh, once things started growing, I, I started getting a lot of solicitations for people that wanted to be on. You know, a lot of what I did initially was just literally put out probably hundreds of emails for people asking if they could come on. The first eight people I had on was also probably, I don't know if it's as many as 80, but let's say 80 people that I either didn't hear from or didn't have time, which was totally okay because once again, I'm a I'm a nobody at this point. And, you know, I was starting a brand new podcast. People hadn't heard of me. If you're a big name, you're not going to want to come on to a brand new podcast you never heard of. And so I was trying to build relationships. And a lot of these people that, you know, uh, I would reach back to later as making a connection, maybe they said no, and then follow up again in six months. And oh, now I have time. Oh, your podcast is going well, let's try to connect. And so that was one of the tricks I did is to just you know, with the shotgun approach of try to make connections. Uh, and, and a lot of what I'm talking about now is also great advice for you if you are podcasting or just trying to uh, have a ministry. That's another heart of mine is to help other ministries be successful because as we are fighting for the kingdom of God and to grow it, you know, we are all on the same team. It's not that I have to increase my podcast and I have to do that on the backs of others. No, I, I want to... I want all ministries, you know, that are biblically based, based, of course, to grow together because that means we get to reach more people for God. That's a great win-win. You know, it should never be that I have to grow so that others can now decrease, right? Even Well, and John the Baptist says, I must decrease, God must increase. And that's my, my motto too. Even if I increase, it's to give glory to God. And so that's a tough thing when you, when you have something like a podcast is that you want to get views, you want to get listens so that more people can hear it. But at the same time, I never wanted it to be about me. When I first started blogging, I didn't even put my name on the blogs. It was just, I just signed it as Discerning Dad. Um, and then once you write a book, it's really hard to do that. So then I had to go to using my name. And now um, my face, my, my voice is all over podcasting. And so, um, but with that said, I can still try and remain humble and, and keep the focus on my guests, what they're doing, what God is doing, how he's moving, and then how you as the listener can have practical application for your life. And so a lot of the time, you know, people ask, how do you get these people on your podcast? I get that asked a lot. How did you get this person on your podcast? And the answer is sometimes so simple. I asked them. <laughs> it really is that simple. You know, there's there's some tricks that I do that I think have helped me. So, you know, if I don't hear something, I'll send another email a week or two later and say, hey, just uh, check it in to see if you got this email. And sometimes I've had to do that three or four times before I get a response. Uh, other times, like I said, you know, if it's a no, then maybe it'll be a yes later on. Uh, other times I just have to be creative about networking about uh, also about finding the right email, right? If you go to someone's church website, it just goes to like info. It might go to an admin that just says, you know, delete to all the people asking for uh, media requests. Uh, I don't know. 
but trying to find the right person, the actual admin of the, the pastor or whoever I'm reaching, the, the person who is in, involved in their scheduling is very important. So it goes to the right person. And then also just, uh, you know, making connections and, and being cordial, uh, sending my book to people, um, you know, inviting them to things. Uh, also, at the end of my podcast, I would ask my guests before we leave, not everybody, but once in a while, we'll ask them, hey, do you have anybody that would be a great guest for my podcast? And I got some great connections with that, too, just by being humble and saying, hey, I'm trying to grow my network here. Who do you know? Uh, getting phone numbers for people is important for me uh, as much as I can. You know, there's bigger names that I, I don't bother with that. But uh, I have a cool list of people that I text once in a while and just kind of stay connected with or say I'm praying for them, that kind of stuff. People also ask me who my favorite guests are. And this is very hard because there's not one single episode I've done that I did not enjoy, honestly. And so with that said, it's hard to it's hard to pick. It's like picking your favorite child. But I will say that the two of my favorite bigger names was Jonathan Rumi and John Eldridge. So Jonathan Rumi being on The Chosen, as he plays Jesus, came on my podcast on episode 17, which was amazing. And it's still one of my top viewed podcasts today. And so for him to come on my podcast, now granted, I had a launch of eight episodes. I had the same people on for another eight so he was only about two or three episodes past my launch. And then he agreed to come on, which was amazing. And he comes on and he's so humble. He's, he says, you know, it's an honor to be here, um, which I'm thinking it's an honor to be on my podcast. Like, I mean, you're, you're, people want to talk to you and you're, it's an honor to be on my podcast. And he was just doing it out of a state of humility. And I love that. And he was just so, so nice. You know, at the end of that podcast, I asked him, you know, I hope I didn't fanboy out too much on you. And he's like, no, you did a good job. And so because um, that was one of the, the biggest pod, uh, the biggest ones I've done uh, up to that point and still is, you know, I had talked to Sean Bowles, which I love his work. And he was my first interview. And I was really nervous on that one. And it was funny because on his his episode, he was at home during the time obviously we're in the pandemic and uh there was all these things going on in the background which you can't hear or see in the podcast but his phone rang or his uh, doorbell rang uh his girls needed him in the other room his wife was texting him and he's like i'm so sorry this never happens and i'm like no i i feel honored that i get to be a part of this with you and so that was cool sometimes you get to see the you know the behind the scenes of what's going on in their world um through zoom which is awesome. And then John Eldridge just, you know, when you read his books, you get to hear his heart a little bit for what he loves and how he loves nature and how he loves story and how, you know, just reading his books, you hear his heart and talking to him was exactly the same way. Just the way he talks, the way he talks with passion about things that he does, whether it's bow hunting or just being in wilderness. Uh, you know, it's not that he's putting on a different persona in his books and now he's a completely different person. And, you know, when you talk to him, no, he's the same person. And so that was really cool. A couple of guests that I really enjoyed, too, that you may not have heard of or maybe you didn't listen to these episodes was Ken Harrison. I absolutely loved his book, Rise of Servant Kings. He leads Promise Keepers now, which has made a uh, it's been revived or resurrection resurrected uh and so he's in charge of promise keepers but he has such uh 
and I really, really loved his book. I would recommend any man listening, especially get his book, Rise of Servant Kings. He brings up these great stories about his time uh, as an L.A. police officer and one of the toughest you know, places to be. And he, he starts every chapter with just an amazing uh, story. And so I love that about him and his book. And then another interview I really loved was Dr. Sam. That was on episode 50. Uh, and Dr. Sam is a heart doctor known as uh, the mender of hearts. He's been voted the, the doctor with the most compassion. And he has such an amazing heart for God and for people and for just his energy alone. If you haven't listened to that episode, listen to it. And I guarantee you'll be more energized coming out of that interview is that he doesn't hold back. He doesn't hold punches. He tells it like it is, but he does it with such a passion and a zeal that uh, I want for myself. And then Ben Corson, uh, he's a pastor. He, he taught, he, um, his book is um, Flirting with Darkness. And he talked a lot about depression and the things he talked about was 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 were so uh, he was so knowledgeable on, on specific details having to do with the brain and our psyche and, uh, you know, how prayer and how thoughts work and how the Bible just confirms that based on what we know about science. And I was just listening to the whole thing and I was like, wow, this is this is awesome. So check that out with Ben Corson and then. Uh, I also did a podcast with a director and a producer for the movie Faith Under Fire. And that is one of my highest views yet. I'm not sure why. It was a good interview, but I'm not sure why it was like night uh, shoulders, uh, tail, head and shoulders above all the others as far as views go. But Faith Under Fire was cool to talk to a director and talk about kind of the behind the scenes on filming um, and things like that. So on this uh, season one, there were a lot of different topics, right? So we talked about all these themes under discernment. And if you've read my book or my book has chapters based on these themes as well. But so for like finances, time, relationships, marriage, uh, having discernment with entertainment media, discernment with how we spend on social media, those kinds of things. But there was also a lot of unique themes to the podcast episodes. We talked about Mormonism. We talked about the Sabbath. We talked about Israel, atheism, joy of the Lord, deliverances, marriage, parenting, depression, church leadership, having discernment with our time, our career, the media, discipline, and also discipleship plus much, much more. Those are just some general themes. Some little known facts about the podcast is that we pray before every single episode. I make sure that, you know, normally, you know, let's say we get on at seven o'clock, you know, usually the guests will jump on at 6.55, sometimes right at seven, sometimes 7.05. And it's not much time to say, hey, how are you? Where are you calling from? Uh, how's the weather there? This is the format of the show and kind of go from there. Uh, and so there's not much time to kind of form that connection, but I want to make sure that I pray before every episode. It's just a good uh, practice in my mind. If we're going to talk about God, we want to invite him in and make sure that our words are being, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit and that we are speaking things that are truth and that will lead people closer to God on the other end of the conversation whenever they listen to it. So I've had a lot of guests on that that are kind of surprised that I do that. And I'm not sure what other podcasts do, but I just know that uh, on mine, I want that to be the foundation is prayer. 
the hardest part the hardest part of podcasting is not the interview the hardest part of podcasting is the editing and the posting so i have fridays where i can do that and i spend time it's usually about two hours to edit and that doesn't include uh i have to run it through different processes i have to do i have to uh, create uh, different graphics for it i have to create a youtube thumbnail I have to spend more time uh, uploading it to YouTube and Facebook, as well as scheduling it to post on the podcasting platform I'm using, using, which is Simplecast. So all that's very tedious, and I know that people can pay people, pay other people to do that. And uh, you know, honestly, I just don't have the money for that. I don't. Uh, maybe someday when I get more support and stuff, I could do that. But uh, I talked to one of my friends too on a podcast episode, and he said he has a, a an audio technician. And he has his own studio. And I'm like, wow, that'd be amazing to have that. I wish I had that. But nope, it's just me. Just me uh, figuring out the stuff. So I'm not uh, necessarily a, a techie. Uh, I do love, I do like technology, but uh, a lot of the stuff I had to learn on my own. And if you'll notice from some of the first episodes, uh, it was a really bad uh, webcam and also a background that was terrible. <laughs> And uh, I kind of grew over time to uh, upgrade my equipment a little bit to get better lighting. Uh, and actually, just very recently, I have a new camera, which is a Canon, uh, I think it's an E500. Uh, and so it's super clear. You can tell I have sound paneling in the back. I have lighting uh, on the back, which I'm still going to play with a little bit. Um, I have key lights on the side of me, which I can like dim, have different colors coming through. And... Uh, yeah, so and then I have uh, some video editing software. I, I upgraded that too. So anyway, just uh, I literally grew my knowledge of podcasting with every episode and with uh, upgrading things as I went, realizing that, hey, this thing is uh, kind of legit now. I need to kind of up my game. You know, I can't just uh, wing it anymore on some of the uh, poor equipment that I have. And there's still room I could, I, there's, I know there's still things that I could grow with this. I could have... Uh, yeah, more stuff. But anyway, this this works for now. And then, um, you know, there are awesome ways to support what I'm doing to come alongside me through Patreon. So like patreon.com slash discerning dad is the best way to support me monthly because there are uh, definitely costs with doing this. Uh, you know, the the simple the simple cast platform alone is 15 bucks, which is not a lot. Um, and then there are other uh, costs with um internet with with paying for some other things so i'm not going to go into all the details of my costs but anyway uh there are costs and uh not an immediate return on podcasting so i don't do podcasting for money uh there are ways to monetize this uh but i'm not super uh, interested in that i want to get the message out there i do want this to grow and if the opportunity comes for uh you know advertising partners things like that producers then great you know, God will bring that if that's what he wants. I did have one. Uh, I had two people on that did. We One one of us did a, a, a swap on our podcasting uh, uh, shows together. So he advertised on mine and I advertised on his. And then 316Ts.com uh, paid for advertising for a month. And that was really cool. Um, so that's my plug for them. They're not paying me for this. But 316Ts.com is awesome. I would check them out. So. Uh, another thing I want to say is that my family has been awesome. So I'm doing this in my house. 
Um, I tried to do this at the church I'm at, but uh, the internet's not so great, so I'm doing this at my house. And, you know, my wife and my kids, uh, my wife, uh, my kids are 12 and 7, and so uh, they've been very, so very supportive. And now, granted, I take, um, you know, time away from them to be able to be loud or even out at all. So usually they, they take time to go um, in a room and, and go on technology or read. Uh, and so that allows me the hour I have with my guest to be in a uh, distraction-free environment. Uh, and that was one of the hardest things at the beginning, too, is to find a routine that worked. So people were coming in, I was just scheduling random interviews, I had two or three interviews a week, and it was just too much. So what I did is used Calendly, which has been a lifesaver where people can just schedule their uh, interview time with the time that works for me. And then what I do is when I have an interview during the week, uh, one interview a week, and then I blot out the rest of the time from other people being able to jump on that week. So that way, I just have one interview a week, I find it's very manageable that way without overdoing it and without being too much of a uh, burden on my family. So my family is awesome. Um, so f to wrap this up, what did I learn from podcasting is that anyone can do it, but you can't just jump into it without planning. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. It does take time. It's not something you can just start and not have a plan, not have, you know, whether it's interview based or whether you're putting out content yourself, you have to be uh, ready in advance, you know, and I think being on a schedule is very important. This comes out every Monday morning, and I've not missed one yet, unless it was intentional. And so uh, you have to be very consistent. You can't just say, well, I'm going to put one out on Tuesday, next week's going to be Friday, I'm going to miss two weeks, and then I'll be back. No, your, your, your audience needs consistency. And they need you to be prepared. That's one of the things that I do before an interview is I research. Now, I've had 50 people on, and most of them have written a book. And uh, I have not read 50 books in the last year. So what I do is um, I'll, I'll, I definitely read some of them. But other times I have to kind of, you know, listen to other interviews they've been on. I have to research well online. I have to kind of uh, get sound bites from them. I have to get questions based on the content they've written and kind of form my questions that way. But I don't just ask, you know, cookie cutter questions to all my guests. I make sure that the questions are very specific to them, except my discernment questions, which are for everybody. But specific to their work, I want to make sure that I'm honoring them and what they're doing and not just asking, you know, general questions uh, that are, are not specific to them. And that's one of the feedback. That's some of the feedback I've gotten is that uh, especially on the Jonathan Rumi question, there's a whole fan based on him, a Facebook group that that listened to it and they asked we've never heard these questions anyone ask him these questions before and that was very intentional you know i didn't want it to just be like every other other interview he's done because he's done a lot but at the same time don't be afraid to mix things up you know don't be afraid to switch things if you do podcast and you try something don't feel that you are committed to it forever you know mix things up but also stay consistent in your content uh, and then add to the conversation nobody wants a conversation that's just the other person talking or just you talking, it should be a back and forth. And that's stuff that I don't plan for. I, I plan the questions, but I don't necessarily know what I'm going to respond to or how I'm going to respond. That's one of the things I hope is Holy Spirit driven is the conversation and the back and forth. How does God want me to go with this conversation? And I might have eight questions, but I rarely ask them all because the time is usually up and we've gone off on another topic that's great. 
And so I like having the questions there as a foundation, but I'm not um, stuck to them where I have to ask them. And so that's about being flexible too, is don't be so strict that the interview has to be this way. Otherwise, um, you know, I'm not, I don't know what to do. I've also had people say, how do you know how to interview so well? Did you go through training for this? And the answer is no. I just kind of learned over time, just put my best effort into it and uh, went from there. Uh, and ask the questions that no one else has asked. Yep, I talked about that. Um, and don't be afraid to just put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to start something and commit to it and see what God does with it. Most podcasts take a year or two to get going into being top, top level. Right. And so don't just do 10 episodes and say, oh, this didn't go anywhere. I'm going to quit. Right. Don't quit unless God tells you to quit. If God tells, tells you to start one, then stick with it until he tells you to stop. Podcasting is not going to be a 10 year plan for me, I don't think. But it's going to be I'm going to get a year or two probably in. And uh, when I feel comfortable that God tells me to, to stop, then I will. But it's not going to be because I'm disappointed in the results or I want more views. No, it's going to be because God tells me to. That's that's discernment. So for season two, what do you have to look for forward to? So I told you I got a better camera, got a better setup, and the theme is going to be eyes on Jesus. So at the end of every episode, I say, until next time, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. And so that's been the theme I've had in, in my life. Not only do I use it in hashtags, but I also created a, a small devotional on that, which you can find on the YouTube Uversion Bible app called Eyes on Jesus. And I'm going to ask my guests specifically uh, what they do every day to keep their eyes on Jesus. Very simple, but I'm looking for practical steps that can help you and me get closer to Jesus and figure out in our routines what we can do to keep our eyes on Jesus every day because it's very important that we do that. I'm also going to switch things up and not ask everybody the generic questions that I have been asking them. So what's your favorite movie of all time? What's your favorite book? Who would you like to meet? What hobbies do you have? Those questions are fine and I've enjoyed asking them. But what I started to notice was that those questions were taking up 15 to 20 minutes of our 45 minute session. And before you know it, we didn't get into the meat of it. And by the time we ask the discernment questions, now we only have about 10 minutes left for, you know, maybe the book that they have uh, or whatever project they're working on. And so I'm not going to ask those. I might throw them in once in a while, depending on the guest, but I'm going to focus on content. I'm going to focus on spiritual questions, and I'm going to focus on providing you with the best season two possible. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are some awesome guests planned. I've actually already done a lot of the interviews. And so I can tell you that it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for your support in season one for being there with me. You can go to the Facebook group Everyday Discernment Podcast Community and connect with what I'm doing there. So keep in mind, that's the only place I post certain things. So maybe I'll just talk to a guest. I'll post a picture of it. I'll ask questions in there for my for, that I can use in the podcast. It's a great way to talk about the shows with other people. And so I would love it if you joined that. I would also love if you considered supporting what I'm doing through Patreon, patreon.com slash discerningdad. So that's going to do it. Thanks so much for joining me and sticking through. If you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out as well. God bless. <music>